This episode of the TCIA podcast is brought to you by Kopma Cranes, the most competitive knuckle boom crane for the tree care industry. Unleash your full potential with Kopma for tree care. Kopma Cranes are built for heavy duty applications with the best hydraulic technology to maximize your reach and lifting capacity like never before. Kotma's tech team, together with the unique know-how of tree care professionals, has developed the ultimate top-range cranes models for grapple saw applications. Extra functions to the tip with no diverter valves are making it ready for the grapple saw. Kotma represents the edge of mechatronic innovation thanks to superior oil flow with 5 8 inch hoses directly to the grapple. A true 100% stability at 360 degrees angle with the possibility of Kotma Remote Connectivity 4.0, a unique GPRS communication for diagnosis and remote adjustment of parameters in real time. Kotma cranes have been built since the 60s with the highest grades of steel resistance and the most reliable and advanced Italian design and engineering made to outperform an intensive use in the field. Visit cpsgroup.com for more information or contact your local Kotma dealer. My name is Amy Burkett. Thank you so much for having me today. I am owner and operator with my husband of a small company, Burkett Arbor Care. I am a mother of two precious children, Hannah, who's age 12, and Ty, who's age 10. And I also um, sit on several boards, one being San Antonio Arborist Association. I sit on the ISA Texas chapter board, and I'm also on the board of directors of TSA. Thank you. The next thing I like to ask people, uh, because it's a really interesting question, is how did you get started in the tree care industry? So I think, you know, from what I hear from everyone, you either come in organically on your own or you're pulled in. And I have to give all credit to my husband, 100% um, Tyler Burkett, who is also my business partner. He started a company in, in 2006 and he actually majored in uh, horticulture. And at that time, also obtained his ISA Arborist certification and started a small lawn and, and tree care company. And I actually worked for USAA. So I graduated from Texas Tech University with a double major in, in finance and marketing and um, focused on serving military service members and their family with financial products. And I my career began as a customer service representative for a big corporate company. And then I transitioned into more of a financial advising role. And then last but not least, I ended in a compliance role where I was over all their marketing initiatives from life insurance, health insurance, and annuity products from an enterprise level. Um, and my job was to really handle just making sure we were compliant with the federal and state laws and regulations under each of those products. And my husband, his passion for the industry was just year over year um, becoming greater and his love for trees was, was there. And in 2013, he decided to um, essentially really just drop the landscape side of, of his business which was a sole proprietor at that time. And we, um, I started really just honing in on some of the shifts that he was making. We didn't have all the answers and, and know why we were shifting over to just the tree care industry or what that would do for the business. But um, he 
did so and it was very advantageous for for his future and our future together so once we started really focusing on our niche and expanding our network and and you know depending on good landscape companies and good landscape uh, architects and and really i would say leveling up on on our knowledge base and what we were doing in the tree care industry it became evident that his business was surpassing what he could do all on his own and so he started just recruiting me per se to come on over to the, to the green industry. And uh, that was in 2013. And I actually was pretty reluctant, reluctant, excuse me. Um, I had a really solid career going on and I liked what I did and, and we're very opposite personalities and never, ever did I think that we would ever work together. So I kind of created what we call a mission impossible list of just paying off debt, paying off equipment, having, making um, a goal to, to reach a certain amount of revenue before it made sense for, for me to be able to leave my job. And he was uh, very silent and focused. And exactly a year later, he, he brought that list without ever mentioning it in the meantime, and he had everything highlighted off. So um, that's what brought me into this industry. When he made the transition to tree work, um, I started attending just local conferences with him. So I would say that's when I started really just shadowing and, and listening to all of the knowledge and, and just, you know, information out there. And so that started with the ISA Texas annual conference that they hold in Waco. And I went to a handful of those and and then there was a international tree climbing competition hosted in San Antonio that I was able to go to. And, and that was a big takeaway um, because, you know, just, just looking at just the diverse um, professionalism in the, in the field and in the industry and the people across the world that were coming to this event was just a big takeaway for me that, that we were part of a much bigger puzzle um, bigger picture. And um, that's when it, it got my attention. So I, I quit my company in 2015. And that's when I will say I was official. So seven years ago, um, it's gone by fast and slow at the same time, I put in a resignation and my company was really supportive in that decision and actually sent me to a three-day uh, weekend, I would say retreat cult kind of thing where they don't let you sleep and you have some breakthrough moments. And um, my breakthrough moment was to have more faith over fear. And I was really just secure in that guaranteed paycheck. And, and I came back from that weekend and I gave them my two weeks and they were kind enough to give me 90 day leave of absence just to make sure I was sound on my decision. And, and I never looked back. So I officially entered in in 2015. Um, at that point, kind of going back to, we're very different people. Tyler was, you know, doing the best he could with what he had, but still there was receipts in the middle of his glove box and, and just things weren't as structured as what I would want. So we decided to officially go into business together. And I took 51% majority ownership of the company, making it a woman owned company and made sure that I could answer to everything that we were doing. So we uh, essentially restructured the company, renamed it, reorged it, 
and um, started from what I would call scratch from my perspective. But but Tyler's had a very, very solid foundation for me to hit the ground running and actually had some pretty substantial contracts going at the time. Um, one of the biggest ones being a federal contract for a military base. So it was kind of a, a neat transition because I was able to still service the military community while blending in his passion for tree care and, and then learning along the way. Um, and, and that's where, I, you know, we'll lead into more questions that we'll, we'll expand upon further. But I really started um, taking just a liking to the contract specs and reading through them and negotiating just the wages and, and as they would renew. And that's where I really learned that we had an opportunity in the industry to um, be clear on, you know, we do have an opportunity to be deemed a skilled labor and we don't have the same wages as, as people doing just landscaping and versus technical rigging and, and dangerous removals and things of that sort. So I think, um, you know, having that compliance background, just business mindset, being on a military contract and base working and, and it all just was a, a perfect time for me to just enter in and, and um, build upon what he already had, had done. So my corporate background, military focused career and appreciation just for compliance allowed me to come in and naturally gravitate to the opportunities in our industry while, while Tyler just naturally covered the passion for nature and commitment to being a steward of this industry. Um, the government contract struck interest with me when negotiating out the wages of highly trained and paid tree climbers when falling under landscaping and or logging services, um, which was very telling of how much we still needed to be deemed a skilled labor. Tyler and I both believe in serving our industry and it is very much so time consuming, but rewarding in, in so many ways. So in my introduction, you know, I stated that I was treasurer of San Antonio Arborist Association. So San Antonio is the seventh largest city in the United States of America. And um, we are blessed to have a, a pretty mature tree ordinance and, um, you know, compared to other parts of the United States that, that don't have those resources and support systems, um, it allowed us to, to really just serve our time and give back to frontline workers and make sure that they're trained on safety and that companies that are doing what we're doing um, are able to perform up the, you know, the top tier and, and we're not just out there um, removing trees because we get paid money to do so. And um, I've also, and public publicity and outreach coordinator for ISA Texas. And then I'm on the board of directors of TCIA. So serving is also a big part of, I think, why I'm here today. You know, as much as some of the, there's been so many amazing people in this industry and I believe TCIA has been around since 1938. Um, there's a lot of hard work that's gone into where we are today, um, but there's still a lot of work to be done. And so, you get to serve alongside these, what I call legends of the industry that some are still not admitting it may be time to, to pass that torch on, but um, starting that mentality earlier than later really allowed me to pick up just a lot of knowledge and experience from people that have been doing this forever. So um, it's, it's a wow factor when you think about having to carry that torch forward, but it's really scary if, if no one intercepts that torch or wants to pass it on. So 
Um, there's kind of a really neat transition happening right now, a generational transition where it's time for people to retire and um, have fun with all the hard work they put in and for others to, to take it on and, and hopefully build upon all their hard work. So that's how I got started with a, a mouthful. No, it's all good. Thank you. It's always interesting to see how people uh, actually ended up in the industry itself, just because it is so diverse and you can end up on, on so many sides. Like you're saying, you found a passion for more of the, the, the detail oriented task versus where a lot of people find interest in the, the doing and the climbing. So I think that's a, a really good distinction to have. And then I guess it's kind of transition as well, because we're speaking of transitioning and passing the torch um, about your company, since it's a woman owned company. And since you become involved, how has the company changed and what is the, your company like uh, today? Yeah, so great question. Um, again, I was able to, to have a pretty solid foundation coming in, but I was talking to John Lewis about this the other day. What I did when I transitioned in is I actually used the Small Business Administration as a huge resource. Um, it was, there's something here locally, it's called the Procurement Technical Assistance Center, PTAC. And I just signed up for a ton of their classes on doing business with the government, establishing your small business, understanding um, you know, wage and labor codes and, and how to actually bid on contracts. And so they really helped me um, understand how I wanted to structure the company. And I want to go back to a little joke Tyler says, I think Tyler honestly probably thought I was going to be 50% in and 50% stay at home mom. And I'm a little bit of a workaholic. And so that's not exactly what happened. And it was quite the opposite. But um, in order for you to be a woman-owned company, you do need to have your everything. You need to be involved in everything. You need to be able to answer every question that's asked to you. And so I take anything that I, I commit to very seriously. And, and they really were a great resource to helping us structure our, our company. We're based out of Bernie, Texas, which is about 30 miles north of San Antonio. And we service residential, commercial, municipal, and federal contracts. Right now, we're focused on just being a premier leader in arboriculture, the arboricultural industry by just providing expert services and recommendations to our clients in San Antonio and the Hill Country areas while setting the bar for safety and quality of work. Um, we take training very seriously, safety very seriously, and, and being science-based very seriously. So again, Tyler was already a, a certified arborist when I came on. We now have three on staff, hoping to have more. Um, we currently have about 14 employees today, but we range between about 14 to, to 16. And um, there's times where we have, um, you know, means to outsource like a crew for subbing out. We try not to do that. Most everyone is full-time employees at our company. Um, we've, we're now at four chip trucks, six chippers, two bucket trucks, two stump grinders, a skid steer, one fully running PHC rig, and then we have one on the way. So uh, we've done all of this in, in six years because I don't feel that I really got started until about March of 16 is when I really stepped in and, and started strategizing with Tyler on, on the direction we were going to so it took, you know, I, it took a little transition time of digging receipts out of trucks and getting organized and closing those books and no fault to him. He was doing everything he could, but um, driving, just coming up with ideas and being creative of how to, to be more uh, efficient and run a professional business. So 
um, that's where we're at today. And we've gone from uh, a crew of four to, to now we have four crews out today. And in, in props to you and both of you, because it's um, it doesn't sound easy, but it's not even close to being as easy as it sounds to do all that and pull all of it together and try to... There's just so many moving parts that I think as people don't realize on the business side of things, there's there's very many specifics that can be a hang up for quite a bit of time. Um, and I think you kind of hit the nail on the head with one of the topics too, being a workaholic. Um, and one question going a little bit off script is how do you then find the work-life balance to you know, give the time to your family or even just not be working in your business all the time, but to be working on your business. So we're still figuring that out. Believe me. I mean, it's a lot easier said than done, but um, definitely going back to having a team mentality. It is not one person that can run this business at this size. So, you know, having the right people in the right roles. Um, We have a wonderful office manager, Brandy. We have a wonderful production manager Colt and we've got sales support, but we're just getting there. So in, in um, my opinion, we still, you know, first and foremost, I'm a mom and a wife and I have to remind myself of that more often than not. Tyler's actually more natural at cutting it at three, picking the kids up from school. And, and so we um, are really respectful at just admitting each other's strengths and opportunities. And there's times where I have to get up and say, hey, Tyler, I'm going to go and, and um, stay at work until 10 o'clock tonight. And I need you to kind of, you know, get the kids and do dinner and, and we juggle it that way. I don't know if that's sustainable, um, but, you know, we also have an office manager answering the phones, helping with scheduling, but we're still working through taking off hats and, and handing our hats to other people and, and really trying to keep ourselves accountable to not... Um, take back uh, a, a role of responsibility because it's a, it's a weakness of mine. One of my mentors has always said, Amy, you know, 75 is a passing grade and sometimes you want 150 and, and that can lead to, to burning out. And, and so making sure that if someone else is, is giving 80%, it's still passing. It doesn't have to be done Amy's way or Tyler's way and, and trusting that you've got the right people in the right roles. So I think that's something that we've really um, flourished in in the last couple of years, and, and we're feeling that now. So um, we've got a really strong team, and, and everyone's in it to win it. So they're doing their part, and it allows us to have a little bit more balance or take off for you know extra volunteer commitments, board of director commitments. Um, it allows us to juggle it all and, and still run the business at the same time. Yeah, and I mean. I'd say even at TCIA, we still, you know, we're still a growing organization with, like you said, 70 years of history. And I think we're finally having some people just start to take off hats they've been wearing for 20 years as we transition. So it's a, it's a constant process of evaluating where you're at and trying to build out. But one thing I want to kind of come back to is your volunteer commitments. You're on the TCIA's board of directors. So I guess the first question is why why be on the board? What what drew you to um, want to get involved? So again, this is a loaded question, and I always have loaded answers. But um, when I came into this industry, it was challenging because um, you know Tyler was a certified arborist and, and very passionate on, on proper 
tree care and, and what we were doing from the science side, but we, we had, a, it took us a little bit to just talk the same language and um, we were mailed out just kind of the entry level fee of joining TCIA. And at that time we were on the government contract and just talking about OSHA requirements and, and ANSI. And, and so it was a perfect time and, and pretty much the literature we received from the first annual member dues payment paid for everything that we, we got. And um, so TCIA, I think, really bridged our communication gap and it really showed in all honesty, which I'm pretty honest, the science field is so much more intimidating to step into than, than a business field. So essentially you're getting in front of people with multiple PhDs versus some MBAs, you know, and, and, and so, but they're two very different components of the business. And I feel that TCIA really brought the business side of it, which was where my, my mental state was, is how, you know, how are we going to run this business? I'm coming from a compliance background and, um, and we have to make sure that we keep our employees safe to go home to their families every day. We call ourselves a professional company. We have to make sure we're doing things at the top level. And, and so with that being said, TCIA won my heart over and we started attending their conferences and ultimately um, a winter management conference, just getting to, to, you know, sit down with specifically other company owners that are much bigger than you are at that time or at our time. And um, just intimately sharing, you know, success stories, failures, and um, it, it really won my heart over. So why I'm on the board is I believe in what TCI does. I believe that it has advanced our, our tree care business. And uh, I do, I do wholeheartedly believe that we would not have seen the success in the last seven years if, if we wouldn't have been a member of TCIA. So it really allowed us to execute on contracts and, and it's allowed me to just have the passion. So I don't think I really had the not, you know, I, I love how passionate this industry is from a business and science perspective. But again, science is so intimidating and TCIA allowed me to come in and, and love it all, if that makes sense. So, um, you know, we're here to set the strategic direction of the organization and the industry, hopefully, for what we plan to do on, on the board. And that's advancing tree care businesses for our core focus. And in 10 years, you know, we hope to be the essential resource for successful tree care businesses. And I can 100% say that they were my essential resource for everything during the transition, being outside of the industry to inside of this industry. Yeah, thank you. And just a, just a general question. Did anyone encourage you to apply for the board of directors or nominate you on behalf? I did. I had several, um, several people encourage me to apply. And, you know, for all of the, those out there that are on the fence, I was too. I have two kiddos and I'm a growing business. I'm 38 years old. So I'm fairly young. Tyler said, I, I told someone I was 35 the other day, so I'm a little bit older than I want to admit, but um, it did, it did take, I wanted it to feel right. And I wanted to make sure that it was uh, meant to be. And so I had all my questions answered because no one can apply for you. You need to apply for yourself. But I waited until like the day before the deadline and had um, a very trusted mentor reach out and several were, were, you know, asking me if I was going to do it. And I didn't really have anything to lose. So 
there were there were other time commitments that I have that I was willing to to let go of. And TCIA essentially is, is what I call my baby. You can ask Mr. White, he'll tell you. Um, but it, I really feel like I would not be where we are today without TCIA. And I want other companies to know that. And there's a lot more that I could share, but we recently went through our first litigation. And I I can thank goodness it wasn't necessarily in the field work related, but it had to do with some driving. And, um, you know, we wouldn't be in the position to even handle that litigation if it weren't for TCIA setting us up. So it's really important for these small businesses to understand the resources that are out there and, and the experts that have been doing this a lot longer than we have that can that are out there to help you. So just expanding your network and um, and making sure that you, you admit that you're not a billion dollar company and you have, you know, it's really hard to build operations up and, and do it all correctly. So I feel like TCI is a really a good resource to allow you to build your business from a small to medium size and, and do it confidently. Yeah, and a, f- a few things off of that. Uh, the first of which is currently we have the nominations for the open board of director positions right now. So I just want to remind everybody that if you are interested, please go to elections.tci.org and you can fill it out there because like Amy said, nobody can do this for you. This is really all about you. But one of the things I want to bring up kind of relating to that is a quote I found out or found from you in the magazine in, I'm just going to paraphrase it, but you talked about focused on engaging different segments of the industry And I know that's something that's come up when we talk um, about the board of directors, because like you said, it's a strategic board. So that means you are trying to point us in the correct direction for the future. So what does, what does engaging that sector of the industry uh, look like to you? This is a work in progress. We have a lot of work to do here. Um, You know, right now, I think first step is just driving awareness. Um, There's, you know, making sure that we're consistently across the board, um, driving awareness from the front line workers to to tree care company owners to trainers out there to vendors um, that we're working with up to the federal government you know so there's a lot of of engagement that needs to happen i we're working on committees as far as the board is concerned on um, more than engagement just member dues and how we can get more engaged and I don't want to add more work to your plate or or the staff's plate quite yet, but I've got some pretty cool little ideas that I think we we could use down the road when we're ready. TCIA has done a great job of putting all of the information out there, but we have an opportunity to refine it because we've got information in a lot of different places. And so engagement right now is, I think, um, from my perspective, it, you know, it used to be. TCIA business owners looking to get accredited, your your employee and staff need to understand the value behind the accreditation. They need to understand that they're going through their Tree Care Academy career path because, you know, it makes them more knowledgeable. It makes them safer in the field. And so I think uh, we need to kind of flip the script on on what maybe we've been doing and engage from, from, like I said, from the field to to Washington, D.C. So that's, that's a big effort there and um, but just making sure that you're staying current with articles. Um, I think engagement means being engaged and act, you know, um, actually 
it, it goes back and forth. It's not just taking information from TCI. It's also offering up information and off, offering up maybe suggestions of, of what the industry can do better, making sure you're reporting your near misses because um, we can't get better until we admit, you know, the areas of opportunity and, and really all stick together as, as professionals and, and move forward. So engagement is a, a very loaded question. And, and I think we've done a great job at the, the leadership level, have a lot of work to still do in DC, but, but I noticed that I have to, um, not have to, but I think it's valuable to always emphasize the value behind TCI with our team um, because you can't go and do science-based work tomorrow if you're not safe today. And, and so we go back and forth on our core values of, um, you know, we are science-based and we are safety-focused. I'm told they don't have to be prioritized, but I tend to be a little OCD like that. And, and I, I feel like safety is, is key in order to, to continue that science-based approach moving forward. So engagement is very deep, but the other day um, I had an aha moment with one of our employees who actually read the reporter on his own and came and asked the team why I hadn't shared the article. And it was, it was really neat for me to hear that. And another favorite quote of mine for an employee that's been with us a little over three years is he didn't ever understand or accept that this is a career. And now he knows that he has a career and he's worked hard and um, it's not just a job. He's actually got a career ahead of him. And I think that's, that's really neat. And that comes from them understanding that, you know, we're leveling up year over year, we're raising that bar and, and their professionalism is not going unnoticed. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't agree more with everything that you said. It's all, it's not just um, because of TCA, it's also because of your mentality that you've taken and in instilling on your employees as well. Because, I mean, just handing somebody the literature or handing them the the resources doesn't actually do anything unless you, you as a company owner engage with that in your everyday practices and your procedures. And like you said, you have a core value system um, which seems seems little and trivial to have five bullet points of what you believe in, but I think it really is influential on, you know, how people see your company and how people see your company culture. Because, you know, as we talk, usually when people think engagement, when we talk with them, it's usually a lot about how do we engage new employees, right? Like how do I how do I hire help? And workforce development is is a huge issue, but, you know, having something like a positive company culture where you, you are safety and science-based, you really give yourself that niche um, compared to a lot of other companies because uh, kind of calling back to what we talked about earlier, you still need to have that work-life balance. You know, if you have kids, somebody needs to get the kids, take them to school, or even if you don't have kids, people just want days off and time off and the ability to not feel like they're working for a paycheck to then have to make it to work for a paycheck. Absolutely. And I think flexibility is going to be something that's um, more valued than, than it ever has been in the past, especially after just what we've gone through with this pandemic and, and what everyone's experienced the last couple of years. I think there's a mentality shift and, um, you know, from mental health to, to work-life balance, it's very important when we do dangerous jobs. We need to make sure that we're staying on top of that. So work-life balance is, is very important. I think it's different than it used to be. You used to be able to, you know, 
I guess when I worked for a company, I could shut it off at the end of the day and, and not look back. When you own a company, it's a lot easier said than done. But um, I'm learning from peers that are ahead of me as far as maturity and in their business. You know, taking time to care for yourself is 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 key, and and that might mean you work hard. Monday, Tuesday, and you take Wednesday off for yourself in the morning or half a day. And it takes a lot of commitment to, to do that. And I have a lot of people encouraging me to, to do that. And I'm, I'm trying to, so um, our staff is amazing. And I get more work done from, I would say 4 PM to 10 PM. And I can, you know, right now, I think our company is at the size where um, my time is theirs when I go into the office and it's busy and there's questions and there's clients and, We've got to, you know, we've got to hit some hot topics and, and that typically doesn't consist of all the things that, that need to be done on my list. And, and so, um, you know, not everyone can do this, but it's a beautiful thing for me to be able to say our team allows me to work from home a, a day or two a week. I go in the office the other half and, and we go strong. So I think I've gotten them to the point where they don't want me to come in to the office those other two days because we've all got things to work on. And, and so it, 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 right now it's all jiving. Yeah. And I, th- I think it's hard too, because I feel like I'm kind of the same where I just have so many ideas I want to do. Um, and, you know, the new mantra that's been, been going around leadership here is let's do less better. Mm-hmm. And um, I find that very hard to actually act on sometimes just because I, I have a lot of ideas, you know, so doing less better really means focusing in on the realistic attainable goal, not the five-year goal that we can worry about in five years. So I'm with you on that. Something I haven't mentioned that I think is a key part of just being where we are today and, and who I am is uh, working with your spouse is, is not easy. There's wonderful, there's wonderful things about it. There's challenging things about it, but it's, soon as we decided we were going to take this on, um, we have an external team of trusted confidants that is a consultant, our insurance advisor, our banker, um, you know, we've got all sorts of different consultants based on the needs, but we have one that's been with us since inception. And he's really good at not just focusing on the business, focusing on, you know, our personal needs, our kids' needs, and we actually had a meeting with him yesterday for some tax last minute tax discussions. And, you know, he laid it out of, of how many hours are in a week and how many hours do you need to get good sleep, leaving 105 hours of, of actual work time and, and what, what can you do the most out of those 105 hours. And um, again, it comes back to knowing when to give your hat to someone else and making sure you're doing what you're doing best. So um nobody's perfect. We're all human and we're all trying to do our best, but making sure that you have people that are more experienced than you that can remind you when you need to be reminded of, Hey, um, you're not going to, you aren't going to get anywhere. If you just continue going in circles or you get too busy, you have to have purpose and intention of of where you're going and and where you're headed. So um, even to the fact of saying, I don't want to grow or I do want to grow. Um, you know, how do you want your company size? You're going to hire more sales representatives, but you're okay with your current size. That doesn't make sense. So being strategic and, and thoughtful and purposeful is, is critical and making sure that you can trust on those people to, to give you that advice. Yeah. And you, excuse me, you've alluded to it a couple of times, but you talk about mentors and advisors. 
Um, it's kind of a, it's always a big topic in the industry. Were yours like formal mentors? Or are they just people that you met along the way? Like, how did you go about finding these, these mentors to help you grow? So coming from such a corporate background, it was kind of expected that you always had an executive mentor of uh, a level or five ahead of you um, growing up at USAA. And then when I left, I was able to hang on to a couple of those, like my last boss leader and I still still talk once a week. And he is great from um, pushing me with, with just where my mentality is to, you know, where our company's going to holding me accountable and sometimes giving me some really raw feedback that, that you need to hear. Um, so I believe 150% on mentors. That's one that, that tells me I go 150%. Um, a little bit of both. So I have non-industry specific mentors and I have industry specific mentors um, that have you know, been gracious enough with their time and um, even down to, to Monday from her transition out of the board to just holding my hand coming into the board. So um, there are people out there that will volunteer their time for you and don't ever, ever think that someone will, will say, they can't, they can't mentor you because it never hurts to ask. All you can get is a no and time and energy is precious and people have to protect that um, for themselves. But I've never, ever been told no when I'd ask someone to just mentor me. And that can consist of a phone call. An hour long phone call doesn't have to be a, a long mentorship, but it is important to make sure, in my opinion, that you have an industry specific mentor and, and even a non-industry specific mentor. So because they can share perspectives that, that you may think are only hitting your industry when really they're, they're hitting other industries and they have different perspectives on it. Um, and peer-to-peer -peer is also a, a great idea as well. So I think now my next step, I haven't done it, but you know, I think going beyond just the direct mentorship, like the Vistage groups and things of that sort is where I'm headed next, um, where I get into a room with a, you know, a diversified group of people, different backgrounds and businesses and, and really share best practices and, and things of that sort. So, um, you know, individual mentorship and, and then I'm hoping, hope to broaden that even more as we continue to grow. Yeah. And just to, you know, play mentor for somebody right now, what would you say to somebody who may be on the fence about uh, applying for the board of director what what was said to you that really pushed you over the edge be your authentic self this being on the board is not um is not a is not all about you this is a much bigger picture and if you have if you have any passion in this industry you have something to offer if you have any experience in this industry even if it's only five years do not be scared because guess what you're the future you know and so um, I think some people might feel like they're a rookie based on experience or, or gender or, you know, we need more diversity on this board. We're looking at minority owned companies and, and we want to, we want all the different perspectives. So I think it's amazing to sit in a room from when I look around at the 10 people that consist of that table all the different backgrounds that we come from, the operations we come from, what we do day in, day out, how different it is, how much the same it is. Um, don't be scared. So don't be scared to speak up. Um, you know, I would love to see more females join. I, if anything, that's something I, I think uh, I would, 
I would push someone to come in and I took more of the rookie seat this last year coming in and, and, and having Monday as an advisor for one year. Um, I was the only female on the board. They have not made me ever feel outed or like I'm, you know, you really do almost have the spotlight when you're that only female in the room, but there are different perspectives. And um, I think it would be great to continue bringing some, some more females on the board with different backgrounds. I operate a business. I'm not in the field. So we, we want to continue diversifying that perspective. So um, if you're in the tree care industry and you love what you do and you believe that it's advancing and moving forward, you have a great shot at, at being on the board. Um, it is strategic. So one of my challenges is making sure I'm focusing on that 10 year, a 10 year goal like you and I just chatted about. It can be challenging at times because you're really, you know, you're coming with your perspective and sometimes it can be your needs when really that's, that's not what this is about. So um, I would say, don't be scared to put your name in the hat and, and don't be, um, don't get your feelings hurt. If you don't get selected that first time around, there are some what I call legends on this board that took three times to get in and that perseverance does pay off and and there's only a limited amount of seats and some people may interview stronger than others and so if you know if, if you need some assistance or guidance or just some tips on maybe interview styles and what people did in the past pick up the phone ask for a meeting all of us are willing to share what we went through and um, our experiences and and so I think there were 22 candidates when I ran and they were all really competitive. And I think, you know, I was tied with a couple of people and I take my interviews seriously and I am committed to this role. And like I said, this is my baby and I do have a very strategic mindset, but there was a lot of uh, industry specific people that had been in a lot longer than I had that I hope reapply again um, because they're wanted and they're needed and um, all the different perspectives is is really what's going to get us to our, our tenure vision. Yeah, thank you. You know, I, I like the perspective on it and as somebody who helps manage the the, the back end side of things and helps out with the collection process of the nominations. You're right. There are a lot of people who, who do apply and there's very limited seats. So like you said, don't be, don't feel discouraged. It's not that they don't want your perspective. It's just that one seat for 20 something people applying, there's going to be 20 something hurt feelings. Yes. And I mean, I can tell you right now, like I, I think I was tied with a few others. So um, it goes down to the very, very, last phase of the process and um i'm honored to be here i have to pinch myself at times being on the board consists i don't know if we've gone there we will but i'll, I'll offer it up we you know we, we meet four times a year uh conveniently one at expo we always add in the board meeting prior to a conference so expo is one of our board meetings winter management if you haven't gotten to attend ever before is typically always at a tropical location um, that you can't complain about. Um, so we do a board meeting prior to that. And since COVID, we have a Zoom meeting and we're about to actually meet in June in DC uh, for our next board meeting. So they're eventful, nonstop. They're not boring. They're eight to five, you know, you were in a pretty intense 
discussions, but they are rewarding and we are, we are moving the needle forward and that diversity is evident at the table. And we have had um, some just amazing back and forth. We've challenged each other. This board is is got diversified perspectives, so it's really good when you go down to vote and you might be tied. I mean, that means that you are you're really trying to push the envelope and and test the waters. And so I think we have an extremely strong board, and and we're looking to add more to that. So please, please, everyone that that has any questions, feel free to reach out. My email is. Amy, A-M-Y, at my last name, Burkett, B-U-R-K-E-T-T, arborcare.com. Um, and I'm happy if you reach out to TCI and, and want to just give me a phone call, call me on my cell phone. So, and I know I'm sure Josh Moore and all the other people that are going to be behind this podcast will, will share the same 